What is up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Prospect Podcast, hosted by myself, Joe, and my partner, Greg. Our goal is to bring you guys the most up-to-date news and stats on the hottest prospects in baseball. And with that being said, the start of Season 2 begins tonight. We're very excited to announce the structure for Season 2, which is going to consist of a breakdown of each MLB team and then their farm system. Covering the top five prospects in the organization, where and when they were drafted, their current stats, their position ranking amongst all prospects, and then their ETA for the bigs. So we'll basically be going division by division, starting with the AL East and the Baltimore Orioles. So currently, the Orioles have the eighth-ranked farm system in the MLB via MLB Pipeline. So over the years, the Orioles have always been in the bottom half of the rankings. I think um, a couple of years ago, they started at around... 24th and you know the Orioles always are bottom half of the league anyway so they've always been able to pick up those draft picks and now over the years it's really starting to show um and they've been able to build a sustainable farm system so basically they jumped from 24th then the 13th and then 8th this year so it's pretty crazy because being 8th ranked system in the MLB I mean that's a big accomplishment regardless who you are But when you look at the AL East, they have two teams ahead of them in their division, being the Blue Jays and the Jays being at number seven, and then the Rays being at number one, thanks to uh, Wander Franco, the number one prospect in baseball. But, I mean, it just goes to show the AL East and how tough it is because they're just going to, year after year, they're going to have to fight and uh, build their system even deeper and uh, hope to come out on top there. But as of right now, the Orioles have the fifth pick in the 2021 draft. So they'll be adding more to their system within the year. And uh, after a successful trade deadline, grabbing up some top 30 prospects for their system. So let's hop into the Orioles' current top five prospects. And what's up, Greg? Good to, good to have you. Yeah, glad to be back. Really really excited for what these uh, these next 30 weeks have in store. Really yeah. excited to, to dive deeper into these systems. Yeah, and, and it's really going to be about 30 weeks. Um, our plan, uh, which I did not touch in the opening there, our plan is to cover one team. We're going to go team by team, division by division. So we're, our first episode of that specific team is going to be on their farm system and then the top five prospects uh, specifically. And then the next episode for that team, which will be in the same week, is going to be a a more in-depth podcast on the number one prospect. Uh, So we'll be going over a lot of different things there. Um, Today, we'll just briefly touch on that. Um, But we'll dive deeper in the next episode on the number one prospect, and then we'll talk about his sports cards, which you guys know we've been adding that with Greg along more and more each episode. So... I'm looking forward to it, and I know a lot of other people are looking forward to it. But anyways, let's hop in to the Orioles' current top five prospects. Coming in at number five is Ryan Mountcastle, 23-year-old first baseman, stepping in at 6'3", 210 pounds. That's right. And as most of us know, Mountcastle already graduated and made his debut. But, you know, via MLB.com, I am – taking most of my info from there. So we're just going to 
keep him at number five and we'll give you some stats and and, and uh, show you what he's done in the major so far. And then also in uh, his 2019 year where he had a monster year. But uh, this year after making his debut, he hit for 333 average, 386 on base percentage and a 492 slugging percentage, five homers and 23 RBIs. But before he made his debut in 2019, he had a monster year, hitting 312, 344 on base percentage, 527 slugging percentage with 25 homers and 83 RBIs. Um, And I remember, you know, seeing this guy come up, big guy. And I mean, obviously, being a first baseman and Chris Davis being your first baseman. I mean, especially in the last few years, (laughs) it was... It was just refreshing to to have that option to have Mount Castle in there, um, but he really, I mean, he really rakes. He hits for a lot of power. I was really impressed to uh, to see that. But as of right now, you know, the stats were, were leaning off. He ranks third in first base prospects overall, and rightfully so. And you know, we said we were going to cover the ETA for the bigs, and I could be a wizard and say. You know, I project Mount Castle's arrival to the Orioles on August 21st, 2020. Uh, but I guess we're a little too far ahead for me to do that anyways. But coming in at number four, left-handed pitcher D.L. Hall. Hall was drafted 21st overall in the 2017 draft. Total through three leagues so far and uh, through 185 innings, Hall has an ERA that sits at 296 uh, with a 6-12 record. 228 strikeouts, 106 base on balls, and has let up 10 homers. Hall has a heater that th- reaches up to 98 miles an hour. Nasty changeup, um, you know, that at times is effective as much as his fastball is. And he also throws a curveball that has some flashes and crazy bite and spin on it. Um, me and Greg were watching some tape on him. And, I mean, obviously, lefty on lefty match- matchups, you know, the pitcher is going to dominate most of the time. And, I mean, the cur- to watch this, him throw his curveball to le- these lefties was like, I mean, it literally just dropped. And they were, they were looking silly. So, I mean, that's something you love to see for a guy like uh, Hall. But, you know, one thing that really killed him last year and, and saw a big spike um, was his walks. And, I mean, it is crucial that you throw strikes. You know, when you can't command, have command of the zone, I mean, it's just a disaster. After inning. Yeah, you see. Have... Yeah, I mean, you see you see a lot of great pitchers, too, that, that have these awesome pitches but just get torn up with, with not hitting the strikes. I mean, that's something that's going to come with time. I mean, I was reading, too, he, he, had, uh, he had some surgery done last year. And he hasn't even hit, I believe it was 100 innings yet. So mm-hmm. he's he's definitely still needs some time to grow. And, that, and that's going to come with time. You know, with these young guys, it's, give him a couple years to, to really fix that. But I think he definitely has a lot of upside potential. Yeah, exactly. And and the the experience and the command will come with, with innings being pitched. But D.L. Hall does crack mm-hmm. the number 10 spot in the top prospects amongst left-handed pitchers at the moment. So, I mean, you know, being the number four prospect, but being able to crack the top 10 overall um, 
amongst left-handed pitchers is, is pretty good. So, you know, I see him coming up uh, probably late 2021 or 2022. Um, you know, I think he's going to be probably middle of the rotation starter. You know, like Greg said, he had mm-hmm. – you said he had a surgery. Yeah, it was actually he had a, an oblique injury. Oh, right. I don't I think he had that. surgery on it, but that. he had the oblique mm-hmm. injury. So, you know, with without hitting that 100 innings yet, you know, it's going to come with time. He just needs to, to get out there and pitch a little bit. Yeah. Yep, you're right about that. But stepping up at number three is Heston Kerstad, the number two overall pick in the 2020 draft this year. And uh, I remember seeing a lot of things about – because originally, I mean, even right now, he's – projected the number 10 prospect overall so a lot of a lot of fans mm-hmm. a lot of analysts and experts were really like kind of confused but when you take a look at it he back-to-back seasons right at, at arkansas he led his team to back-to-back college world series appearances first of all but Mm-hmm. Freshman year, he hit 14 homers to set the school record, right? And then his sophomore yep. year, he comes back to break his own record again with 17. So, I mean, how much better can you get? You know what I mean? Being a big lefty hitter, outfielder, I mean, you know. I mean, number two is high, is very mm-hmm. high. Um, yep. A lot of people think that they jumped the gun on it. But obviously they did it for a reason, you know, and that, that comes with just kind of like, um, what would you call it? Like, uh, just like an intuition of, of having, you know, you have that, you got scout major league scouts who are watching these guys and, you know, they've done a great job over the, the last few years to acquire these guys. So you got to think they know what they're doing. And regardless, I'm sure he's going to be a great player. So, but he was actually drafted in um, 2017 out of high school. He was drafted in the 26th round by the Mariners. So, that's a pretty uh, pretty big jump. Good thing he went to school, right? Yeah, but, yeah. No, and he he along there with uh, one of his buddies, Casey Martin. There, um, they both they tore it up. I, I remember watching that actually the the World Series in 18 and 19. And they were just looking great. Who was it? Uh, Kersdad. But Kersdad, I'm saying, along with he, he took him and uh, Casey Martin both played. Was it Casey or Austin then, Martin? Uh, Casey, Casey Martin. Okay. So isn't there an yeah. Austin Martin? Not sure. For, uh, that sounds oh, right. Yeah, Austin Martin for the. Uh... Yeah, he he went to Vanderbilt though. Okay, just making sure there. But, yeah, so we don't have too much on him besides, I mean, you know, his college stats and, uh, you know, setting the record uh, back-to-back years at Arkansas, which is pretty impressive. So, but without any major league stats available so far, I just want to go over the scouting grades per MLB.com grading scale, which is a 2080 scale. So his hit is at a 45, power is 60, Run is 45, arm is 55, field is 50. So overall, we're sitting out at 55, um, which is, it's not bad. It's about middle of the, you know, a little above average there. So 
you got a guy, I think Torkelson, the number one pick. I think he was at his scouting report because he was number one overall this year. He was at a 65. <clears throat> so you look at the number one pick, then you look at the two number two overall pick, and you see a 10-point jump in scouting grades. Uh, you know, just a little uh, assumption there. I mean, we'll see. He hasn't even played any major league games yet, so we'll definitely see how he pans out. Um, only concerns here are his fundamentals at the plate, uh, which obviously he'll need to figure out in his throughout his rookie leagues and minor league uh, career. He has a, a funny uh, circular motion when he when he swings, like he really winds the bat up, circles out. Um, but real, so with that being said, he needs to rely on his timing a lot. Like his timing needs to be perfect for him to, to really crack it, which obviously it has been, I mean, so, but we'll see how that, that transfers to uh, the majors here, but without having a specific position ranking at the moment, like outfield ranking, um, like I was saying earlier, he's ranked number 10 out of all prospects. So if we're just looking at his draft uh, class, essentially, He's the number three outfielder overall in his draft class. Not bad. But assuming everything runs smooth next year, you know, I think they have him projected to uh, join the Orioles come 2023. So that seems about right to me. Um, if we give him as long as as long as he, he, he everything goes well, I think 2023 is a uh, either early or late. 2023 is a good good uh, part there. So now number two, we got Greg's favorite guy. Number two prospect, <laughs> Grayson Rodriguez. Say, Tell me what you were saying earlier, Greg. I like a lot of things about him, but I, I think if you put him in, uh, in reference to playing the show, he is like the perfect pitcher to have. I mean, he, he's topping out, what, 97, 98 with a fastball. And then come back with a mid seventy curveball. I mean, that's when I'm playing the show. That's like the best type of of player to have. He's so so all over the place with his speeds. I mean, it's so so hard to keep batters. But guessing on what's coming. Just a little, a little that. insight um, with what Greg's saying is that Greg is absolutely trash at the show. So I mean, he could have fun pitching <laughs> with him, but it's really is he gonna like? He's gonna have fun. He's not gonna have. A good outing. I'm gonna have fun pitching with him. Fun pitching. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I might, I might, I might have a good outing, but when it comes up to to hitting, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I might pull one or two hits, but (laughs) I can keep them to probably pull 17, 18 Ks with them. Maybe. (laughs) Me and Greg used to play the show a lot. Not so much anymore. It's been a very long time, but uh, yeah, Greg has been very bad. But anyways, number two (laughs) spot, Grayson Rodriguez. 6'5", 220-pound right-handed pitcher, and he was drafted 11th overall in the 2018 draft. So through two seasons, which are his rookie league season and single-A season, Rodriguez has pretty much been lights out. With a 10-6 and record, 2.46 ERA, 149 Ks, and 183 average against him, which is fantastic. And that's through 113 innings of work. So real quick, I want to compare him to D.L. Hall. So we got a two-spot difference here. Um, 
And I mean, let me ask you, Greg, what's what's the main difference here that you that you would point out that you've seen? Yeah, I mean, just just through their short time right now in in single A, I mean, <clears throat> kind of like we touched on before. I mean, Hall's just got to hit the strike zone more. I right. mean, if, if I'm sitting in the Orioles management and I'm looking to call someone up, you know, I know Rodriguez looks like he has another year and I'm in the minors before he he hits the the major league level. Mm-hmm. But if I'm looking at the both of them, I I might think calling Rodriguez up a little bit earlier. I mean, he looks like he just has better control has a better pitch arsenal. Mm-hmm. That's that would be my my take yeah, on that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly what I was going to say. The walk rate is is lower and the strikeout rate is higher. So <clears throat> that's just it goes hand in hand. You know, if you're hitting the strike zone mm-hmm. and you're getting swing and misses, which he does really well at I mean, that's that's what you want and that's why he's higher than DL Hall. So but Rodriguez, just like Hall, cracks the number 10 spot overall in the prospect rankings for right-handed pitchers. Um, so to have two pitchers in your system that are literally in the top 10 ranks for right and left-handed pitching, pitching is uh, pretty impressive and not, definitely not something to look past here. Um, and obviously the Orioles need their pitching. So like Greg just said, I would expect Rodriguez to be up in 2022. It looks like he probably has another good year in him in, in the minors, and then he'll be up um, the following year. So that's what I think on that. But he really does have some dominant, dominant pitches. Dirty slider, dirty changeup, fastball that tops out at 97, 98. And like I was saying, missing bats is, is a specialty here, and uh, we can only hope it stays that way throughout his career. I mean, we know as guys – progress you know you're not going to miss as many bats as you progress but as long as he can keep that relatively um close to what he's at now he'll be uh he'll be pretty successful in this especially in this Orioles rotation but finally coming in at number one I'm sure you guys know who it is a guy we all know drafted first in the 2019 draft by the Orioles Adley Rutschman so MLB.com has him at the number two overall prospect in baseball. So I think we're starting to see over after going over the guys in their system, I think we're starting to see why their farm system is ranked eighth. And I mean, and we're just going over the top five here. So, I mean, that's not even counting guys like in the top, like the last, the next five guys all the way up to 10 or, you know, just overall mm-hmm. comparing them to other organizations. But yeah, and it says something about them too. I mean, they have out of the top 100, four of their guys are within the top 100. I mean, yeah, you got 30 other teams, 29 other teams mixed in there. I mean, they they definitely they're looking really yeah. good. They got Rodriguez of, is 31. Guys, Kerstad is 55. Yep. DL Hall 64. Mm-hmm. Mount Castle was 90. Yep. I mean, really, Mount, Mount Mount Castle would technically be out now, but if we're looking at what MLB.com yeah. has right now, I mean, it's five guys that are in the top. All their top yeah, five all, guys all are on. in top 100 overall. So, I mean, obviously we're seeing that's why uh, why they're projected eighth and have some great talent coming up. But overall, number two prospect, Adley Rutschman. Um, Rutschman, a sweet swing and switch hitter from behind the plate. 
six two, two hundred and twenty pounds. Uh, so in 2019, through his rookie league and uh, short season career, and just 12 games, I think it was in in the single A. Um, what's what's the single A team name again, Greg? You just said it earlier. They are the yeah the Delmarva yeah, Shorebirds. Shorebirds. Yeah. So through all those three leagues, there, Rutschman compiled a stat line of 254, 351, and 423 with four homers, 26 RBIs. So not bad, you know, coming in your first season. And, it, you know, I really hated this year because we were talking or I was talking, I had an interview with the number 72 prospect, Brennan Davis, uh, for the Cubs. And he was saying, I asked him, I said, well, what are you doing? And he was just saying how basically it's just inner squads all day, like working out inner squads and just putting in work. And, you know, it just sucks because we don't get to see that. You know what I mean? We don't get to really see like, Oh, you know, like games or stats specifically. It's, it's kind of a, a bummer, especially for a guy like Roger. Yeah. That's, that's the yeah. tough part. Yeah. These big guys. Yeah. And that's gotta be tough for them. I mean, that's going to be the hard part is, or it was the hard part. I mean, trying to stay positive and focused through this time. I mean, this is something that they've been looking forward to their whole career. Mm-hmm. You know, someone like Rutschman, who's who's a year out from probably getting called up here soon, and you know, he's got to just make the best of it and keep grinding, working, yeah. working, staying positive. I mean, that's probably the hardest. Yeah, part. and I mean, you know, at all times when you're a major league player, all eyes are on you. So even if you are, if you're raking during your inner squads and and mm-hmm exhibition games you're playing um, as a minor leaguer this year, I mean, you're still going to get noticed. You're still going to get recognized. So, I mean, really, it's not the worst thing in the world. But, I mean, and I think also it gives yeah. you time to really focus on yourself. You know, you kind of get a year where you're not running around crazy, traveling there, traveling this, you know what I mean? You get time to focus on yourself and maybe recalibrate. Calibrate, and I think a lot of guys probably benefit from that. So we'll see. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that takes a lot yeah. out of you. But uh, short A was really, you know, his best go at things. Um, he hit through, uh, 325 through 20 games, which was his biggest sample size of at-bats in that league. And, you know, for being his biggest sample size, he hit 325. So that's pretty impressive. I mean, obviously, when you play five games in your in your rookie uh, league or 12 in your, uh, in your uh, A full league, then it's – it's hard to get things going. I mean, you know, guys start the season like Nolan Arenado starts the season batting under 200. But, I mean, obviously it's not going to stay that way. You know, you're going to play more than five or 12 games. Yep. So, you know, it's hard to, to get a basis off of that. But, you know, 325 through 20 games in a short day was, was a good, good year there. Um, let's see. I think he had – Overall, four homers. I, I forget if I touch on that in 26 RBIs. I was watching some of his home run videos earlier, and he really does have a powerful swing. Very powerful swing. But um, I'm excited to watch this guy. I'm excited to have a, a switch-hitting catcher who's a highly touted prospect who just, you know, like Greg was saying earlier, minus the switch-hitting, reminds him of Posey um, or just – thinks mm-hmm. that he would be good like Posey, but I think he might have a little more power than Posey, like I was telling Greg. Um, so we'll see about that. 
And Rutschman's ETA was originally documented for 2021. Um, but with the setback this year, and, you know, he's going to, he's obviously going to need more work in the system. Um, so I'd predict 22, you know, and we don't want him to rush this and make a mistake here with this guy with the number two prospect. So I, I think 2022. Did you say 22, Greg? Yeah, well, it has them listed as next year, but like you said, I, I think, like you said, it, it takes a while. You know, it takes it takes these guys 15, mm-hmm. 20 games to kind of work the kinks out. Even with spring training and stuff, it, it still takes a while. So I, I think for them, yeah, I, I wouldn't make the decision of, of trying to call him up early next year. You know, who knows what they're going to – where they're going to be, but if, if they're out of the playoff race, kind of get him there to, to work mm-hmm. out and play a few games before the end right. of the season. I hope they don't do that. I really think they should just start off clear, start off in 22 with a, a clean slate, get them the full effect of spring training, yeah. get into the season, and I think by that time they'll, yeah. they'll be I mean, ready. That's pretty bold talking about playoffs for 2021. Anyways, but <laughs> um, so now I'm going to touch on just the overall whole um, farm system for the Orioles. And like I was saying earlier, as a whole, they've been moving up year after year as they add high draft picks um, year after year to their system and really produce quality baseball players like we've seen in Ryan Mountcastle uh, his debut this year. Like this wasn't a guy who came in and was a dud. You know, he really made a big impact and, and shocked a lot of people. And guys like Mountcastle are going to have a huge impact on the team moving forward. And uh, I think really what we're looking for right now are strong arms and these guys in the top five um, hall and Rodriguez, which we've said they've touched 97, 98 miles an hour with really nasty breaking balls and change-ups. Um, this is something that the Orioles really, really need. Um, I think I saw 2021, they're going to be bringing their number 10 prospect and I think a number 13 prospect up to pitch. So I'll, I'll be keeping my eye on that as well as we move forward to see how they do. Um, I haven't done too much research on them. Like I said, we were just going over the top top five today. But I do believe these guys in the top five have a good shot at really benefiting the Orioles team. But if we're being realistic here, I think 2023 is when we start to see the impact that the prospects will have. You know, like we were saying, Rutschman will have maybe gotten a full season in at that time. If would be, we, we decided 2022 on him, right? So, you know, get a full season in. Um, guys like Rodriguez, Hall, um, Kerstad might be up in 2023. That's what they have him projected at. Um, you know, so I think the rebuilding stage is going to not be at a, at a halt, but this is when you'll start to see it really take effect. So do you agree with that, Greg, 2023? What were you thinking overall? I do. Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. I mean, even just looking at their roster now and knowing the, uh, you know, how they've been playing the past couple of years, the Orioles, 2023 is definitely going to be, be their right. year. Um, to get those pitchers in, I mean, it's tough right now. I mean, they got, you know, John Means coming up, what, last year or the year before. I mean, he's been pitching good. 
But that's pretty much it. I mean, <laughs> Alex Cobb has, has seen his way through the league. He's kind of been up and down. I mean, Ed, Ed Rodriguez uh, is going to be huge, you know, huge to these guys as, as well as Hall. I mean, their pitching rotation is going to be good. Their outfield is going to look really good. And they might be a uh, contention there in a couple of years, have a little competition there with the with the Yankees or the Red Sox. Or the, I mean, the or the Rays that that whole division now is, is could be competitive right. for the first time. Yeah, in a that's while. what I was saying. I mean, now they'll really have a chance to to crack the AL East. You cut out a little bit there, but um, what I was going to say was, uh, you know, when you look at it, the reasoning for twenty twenty three, um, because you got to think these guys aren't going. They're not going to come in and help you win a World Series. These kinds of things come with experience. Now it's tough. Because, like I was saying, the Blue Jays and the um, the Rays are above them in prospects. You know what I mean? So it makes you think. I mean, the Blue Jays are already loaded with prospects, yeah. so they're gonna they're gonna be getting better and better yeah. as the years go on. It's just very unfortunate for the Blue Jays or for the um, Orioles to be in this position um, because you know, like I was saying, eight is a great spot to be. But can it beat seven and one? I don't know. In the next few years, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think I was what I was saying there when I might have cut out. I was saying that you know by twenty twenty three, twenty twenty four, twenty twenty five, like these next four or five years, you know that division might mm-hmm. actually be competitive throughout. I mean, every every single team is going to look look really okay. good and exciting to watch. And I'm as a Red Sox fan, I'm yeah. really excited for that. Yep, but um. You know, I am really excited for the Orioles' future. And trust me, when I say this, it's not, you know, I'm not going to be saying this every every episode. Like, there's going to be teams where I'm like, you know, these guys, this team is going to be crap for the next 10 years. Like, I think that the Orioles over the next five years are <laughs> going to really, really improve. Hopefully, because they've been so, so bad for how many years now? But, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so... That's it for the farm system. I I just I'm really excited to dive more into Rutschman in our next episode. Um, like we've said on Instagram, if you're not following us over there, by the way, go ahead and follow us over there and check us out so you can stay up to date. It is at the Prospect Podcast. Um, but like we were saying over there, we put out a post. Season two, which is now now starting, will consist of each MLB team and their top five prospects followed by a special episode specifically for that team's number one prospect. And, you know, we're going to be doing a full breakdown and scouting report on these guys. So this week, towards the end of the week, I'm not sure exactly what day yet, but we're going to be doing Adley Rutschman. And we're going to be diving into really advanced stats um, and advanced prediction. Like I just quickly ran over it today because I don't want to give too much away. Um, but we're going to be doing that at the end of the week. So stay tuned for that. And thank you guys so much today for tuning in. Um, just make sure that you are subscribed if you're not yet, so then you will be notified when we put out our future podcasts. And also, if you enjoyed today's episode with me and Greg, be sure to leave us a review and let us know how we did and what your favorite team is and who you're looking forward to the most um, on hearing about. So thank you guys again, and we'll see you next time.